This is Melissa Golden, and you're listening to Freedom in Numbers, and this is The Morning Mouthful. Good Tuesday morning, June 30th, 2020. Emerging from the weekend and plastered across headlines today, Trump admin knew about Russian bounties on U.S. soldiers and said nothing. How dare him? This headline and many more like it are really just a classic smear ad that has always been a go-to favorite for politicians and the media. The information about Russian bounties on U.S. soldiers was a part of the president's daily brief in late February. This morning's mouthful is going to serve as hopefully some insight as to whether we should take anything seriously that comes out of the PDB or any criticism that a president-elect faces from not acting on items in the PDB. Now, the PDB, the Presidential Daily Brief, sometimes referred to as the President's Daily Briefing or the President's Daily Bulletin, is a top-secret document produced and given each morning to the President of the United States. And it's also distributed to a small number of top-level U.S. officials who are approved by the President and includes highly classified intelligence analysis. Information about covert operations of the U.S. CIA and reports from the most sensitive U.S. sources or those shared by allied intelligence agencies across the world. These daily intelligence briefings have been a staple in the White House since first delivered to John F. Kennedy in 1961. His, of course, was typewritten. Uh, and since then, they've been they've been written out um Obama was famous as the trendy president for having his on an iPad, and Trump has been criticized around every corner regarding the PDB in that he prefers an oral briefing, typically on a weekly basis instead of daily, as the name suggests. And nearly every president since John F. Kennedy has been smeared at one point or another for not acting on tips from the PDB. Really, it's a no-win situation for any POTUS is is most all information in the PDB is just that, tips that may or may not materialize into a security threat for the United States. Trump has already seen his fair share of flack from his late response to the coronavirus as its impending doom was shared in the PDB a number of times throughout January and February of this year. Uh, when China first started getting some smatterings of reports of a virus, it was in the PDB. When they confirmed that they had a problem on their hands, it was in the PDB. When it spread to Italy and became evident that it may become a global issue, it was in the PDB. Uh, Obama has come under particularly harsh fire as of late as well, for not putting an end to a Russian meddling scheme in the 2016 presidential election. As with Trump's coronavirus, Obama was presented a great deal of information over the course of several briefings to substantiate a case for true Russian interference in the election. President George W. Bush was nearly burned at the stake when news came out that a month prior to the 9-11 attacks, his PDB had included intel that Osama bin Laden was determined to attack U.S. targets using airplanes. 
Unsurprisingly, President Nixon was notorious for paying little to no mind to his PDB while in office. Now, many of the presidents have taken the PDB quite seriously. A number of others, uh, obviously Nixon and, and some others, have not taken it particularly seriously. Um, and, and really, it, it's kind of a mixed bag. And, and what is pulled out of it and what is gleaned from it and what's actually investigated is wildly wildly debated. Um, many, many administrations have also said that it should remain highly classified and never be released to the public. And other administrations have openly um, released that information and released those statements, you know, declassified, of course, but, but still released. But really, the crux of the biscuit here is that the PDB in the recent past has been provided also to the vice president, the national security advisor and his deputy, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the White House Chief of Staff, and the Secretaries of State and Defense. Point being that when headlines blast a president for inaction on PDB lines, they really should be blasting, you know, I don't know, the entire list of individuals that were privy to the information. And the funniest part about it is that in some cases, uh, including in, in Old George W. Bush's case, a lot of the people that blasted him for his inaction were the ones who were also privy to the information. I knew and you knew, but you didn't do anything. And I didn't say anything, but it's your fault. Um, And as we all know at this point, classified doesn't really mean what it used to in American politics. Our House and Senate have become quite the hotbed for insider trading of critical intelligence information, which, you know, gets passed down to the public often after events have unfolded and we're already getting our asses handed to us. Case in point, COVID-19 and (laughs) 9-11. In general, the presidential daily briefing is at best a good jumping off point for intelligence investigations and at worst, a great way to shame the president-elect for misjudgment of which tips need to be taken seriously. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, but leave it to major American media syndicates to make mountains out of molehills every chance they get. So, do we the people take seriously any allegations of PDB lines not being taken seriously. And, and in my opinion, we don't. As I said, many of these tips are unsubstantiated. Many of the information points in them are, are things that may never even come to fruition. A lot of them are actually misleading tactics by foreign governments. Uh, you put enough, put enough red dots on the radar and, and, you know, we're not sure which way to go. So for me as an American citizen... Eh, the PDB. In other news, U.S. Supreme Court strikes down 2014 Louisiana abortion law. Now, this law had provisions that an abortion doctor had to have admittance permission to a local hospital. So that 2014 law actually shut down two of the three abortion clinics in the state of Louisiana. Uh, Some reluctant Supreme Court judges cited precedents from a 2016 ruling on Texas abortion law, making unconstitutional 
grasp on on women's ability to choose. Now, if you're not familiar with precedence, precedence is kind of the government's lazy way of maintaining the status quo. It's essentially saying, well, this was the decision we made on that somewhat similar case. And so we don't want to to make liars of ourselves. So let's go ahead and and rule the same here. And actually, precedence is the the biggest sticking point, in my opinion, of qualified immunity, because in order to have the courts rule in favor of the fact that your constitutional rights were violated by a police officer, your case has to so closely match precedents that has already been established which good luck i mean because every case is different so and there's not much precedent set for qualified immunity before they governed their their way out of trouble um brace yourselves for the next pandemic inducing virus out of china it, it's it's swine flu it's another swine flu which I think we can all recall was lackluster the first time it came around in 2019. However, of course, scientists are saying that this one is going to be particularly problematic because it's different than the other one. Um, so, so don't throw that mask away just yet. Colorado, Utah, and Oklahoma are holding primary elections today. On the Oklahoma ballot, state question 802, Medicaid expansion, which would expand Oklahoma Medicaid coverage to persons between 18 and 65 who fall 133% below the national poverty line. Now, Governor Stitt has not held back in voicing his opposition to the question, and as early just a couple weeks ago, has asked Oklahomans to give his office time to get put together a better option and a better plan for Oklahoma. Question is today, as we hit the ballot boxes, will we give our governor the chance to do the job that we elected him to do? Thanks for joining us. Have a great Tuesday. Hey, freedom-loving listeners. Thank you for being a part of this morning's mouthful. If you need a little more freedom in your day, feel free to check out our weekend edition of Freedom in Numbers. We'll see you tomorrow.